everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Overdrive's Professional Book Nerds podcast. I am joined with our lovely host, Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I just got to listen to this podcast before we did this intro, and so the whole podcast is about romance titles, but don't stop listening if you're not a romance fan. I'm not personally a romance reader, but this legitimately was my favorite episode of our podcast so far. It was so well done. Yeah, we cover a lot of topics not just specific to romance novels, so. Yeah, well, first off, the whole thing is punderful, if I can just throw that out there. You spend the first 10 or 15 minutes talking about your favorite punny romance books. That's one of the awesome things about the romance kind of genre is there's a whole niche of punny title names that you guys go into which i absolutely love indeed there are a lot to choose from yeah and you also did some galentine's day novels we did do some galentine's day reads yes and so i the whole episode is very i don't want to say girl power but it's it i loved it i am a self-proclaimed feminist i am happily married but i am all about women's rights and it was really awesome hearing all of you guys just kind of discuss why you like specific titles which ones were kind of spoke to you at certain times in your life so i thought it was a really well done episode but i think like i said everyone will really enjoy i think everyone yeah even if you're not female i think there's stuff that can be found in in what we talk about absolutely and i will say so you were joined by liz and i think you call the other rachel Rachel. yes uh (laughs) so it was her first time on the podcast and for our listeners she's gonna get mad that i say this but she was nervous beforehand but she did awesome she did do awesome fantastic um, so, like I said, if you guys love romance novels, which secretly we know a lot of you do, because it's the most popular uh, genre that we have, I, I think you'll love this. But even if you don't, I, it's just really nice to hear some different perspectives, and it was a really enjoyable episode. So, I do want to say, of course, we love your feedback, and we have an email address now that do. people can reach out to us. Do you want to give them that email address? Yeah, it's feedback at overdrive.com. So if you want to let us know, uh, again, what you're reading, you can do that on, on social media, following us on Facebook or Twitter at Overdrive Libs or Overdrive Libraries, uh, Overdrive for Libraries, sorry. Uh, but if you want to send us an email, let us know uh, what you think of the episodes, what you would like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of. Just email us at feedback at overdrive.com. Uh, Jill and myself are the ones who get those emails, so promise we will respond to you. Yes. I also want to point out, I think we finally nailed the sound situation. Hopefully, yes. This one sounded really clear and really good to me. So, again, keep the feedback coming on that. Anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. Just I hope they enjoy the episode and get some good books to read out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I thought it was fantastic. So, without further ado, uh, here is episode seven of the Professional Book Nerds podcast, All Things Romance. and welcome to the seventh episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I am your host, Jill, and today I am joined by my fellow staff librarians, uh, Liz and the other Rachel, because we have two. Hi, Rachel. Hello. It's your first time. Yes, it is. Are you excited? Yes. Good. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome back, Liz. Thanks. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> Good. This is another special themed episode because, you know, 
Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and there's all those fun romance books and girl books and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So Yeah, but stick around, even if you're not into romance, because we are going to talk about Valentine's Day. Thank you very much, Amy Poehler, for that lovely holiday. And uh, Quirky Alone Day, which is mm-hmm. kind of like anti-Valentine's yes. Day. Like, respect the people who, you know, are living a single life right now. Indeed. Indeed. I spent many Valentine's Day that way, so yeah, me too. fully support that. So, have you guys, in preparation, you did some homework, I... We, we did some binging. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm going to start, I'm going to let you know, I don't read nearly as much romance as you two, so I will try and keep up, but <laughs> <laughs> what have you read recently? That was good. Well, um, I've read a lot of YA recently, so uh, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of reading The Boy in the Black Suit by Jason Reynolds, and it's kind of advertised as a romance, but... I, it's not super romantic. I would say it's more of just like a classic coming-of-age novel. It's about um, a young man in Brooklyn who um, his mother passes away, and he kind of is, you know, struggling with that. And he and he has, you know, some some problems arise with his father, and he gets a job working for um, a funeral home, and he has to wear a black suit every day because half of his like it's a work-study job. So basically, he goes to school half the day, and then he goes to this funeral home half a day. And he helps and he makes money, but, and he kind of, he kind of becomes addicted to attending these funerals because he starts meeting all these people who are sharing the same pain he is. Like they've lost someone extremely important to them. And so he kind of is going on this journey mm-hmm. and, um, with funeral home, <laughs> in a funeral home. Sure. And, and there is a girl and she, she gets introduced eventually, but I don't know, it's not as romancy as I, as I was led to believe when I kind of read the description. So okay. that's a great, not quite romantic, romantic book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a genre that probably gets stereotyped a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to find ones that are not full on, if that's not yeah. good. It's, it's, not, it's not high drama or anything. Or, it, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, dramatic times, but they're, they're, you know, it's realistic fiction and it's more just like him coming to terms with, his, the loss of his mom. Okay. And um, and then in a similar vein, I'm also I also just read uh, This Raging Light by Estelle Laurie, and that is um, sort of sort of sort of similar, but very much the opposite at the same time. It's uh, another young adult story, and it's about a girl who um, her dad leaves for a mysterious reason. I don't want to give it away. That you find out eventually. And her mom, like her dad, like her mom is so upset by this that she basically t- takes a vacation and says, here's money, watch out for your sister for two weeks, I'll come back, I'll be back in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then she never comes back. Oh. Or at least for like, that's the beginning of the book. It's like, right. it's been two weeks, school's about to start, and she has to take care of her 10-year-old sister, and she's 16, 17 years old, and her mom is not showing up. And hmm. not answering her phone, and every now and then she'll get some money in the mail, and that's it. So she kind of has to find a job. She has to take care of her sister, and it's it's coping with that. And then in all of this craziness of, you know, kind of no dad is around now, and like mom's not around anymore, and she's she's trying to keep it a secret so that people don't put, put them in foster care or anything. Right. Um. She she has like a huge crush on her best friend's uh, brother, and so she kind of like falls in love while all this is going on. And it's really complicated, and I really appreciated that because, um, you know, romance can, it's its really hard to fall in love. Like, it's really hard to meet your person. Oh, for and, sure. and 
And even if you're 16 years old and a lot of people don't take that seriously, it's still very, it can still be very, very complicated. And that book kind of illustrates how complicated romance is at any age and how life is hard. <laughs> yeah. Life is hard. Life is hard. <laughs> Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> life is hard. So you, anything from you, Rachel? Uh, yeah. I recently read... The Painter's Daughter by Julie Klassen, and she was kind of my gateway author to romance. I had been instructed to read something inspirational fiction and came up with her and fell in love with all of her stuff. I read it all in the last two years, and this was her most recent coming out last December. And so it's about a girl who is an artist. Her father is this esteemed painter, and she she works as his assistant, not really doing much with her own her own work, but she does have talent that's there and she winds up falling in love with a visiting art student who is kind of a rake but it's not really the terminology that class uses at the time you know he he says she's she's his muse and he wants to paint her and you know kind of progresses from there until he decides to go off to italy to find his next muse and she's pregnant which is scandalous of course indeed and he's the elder brother. His younger brother shows up looking for him and finds her in this condition and decides to do the, the right thing and marry her because he doesn't think his older brother's going to come back. So it's a lot about their relationship when she does decide to marry him, just mm. to have, you know, preserve some of her dignity. And I really like Class's book. She writes very good historical and very good mystery. There's always a mystery in her books, which you're waiting to, like, put the pieces together to solve it at the end. She does that very well. So I liked that a lot. That's fun. That's good. I recently read, I just love the title because it's so fun, but The Rogue Not Taken. Like, how? (laughs) Come on. It is. They're great. Sarah McLean. So funny. I love it. Sarah McLean is the reigning queen of the punny romance novel type. And I admit, I was actually really intrigued by this one. One, because of the title, and two, because it's actually gotten a couple star reviews in various, I mean, I think Booklist gave it one, and Library Journal gave it a star review. I was like, all right, I will give it a try. And it was really good. It was good. I I enjoyed it. Um, You know, guy meets girl. Doesn't quite work out. (laughs) A couple of times, I can go back and forth, but... And um, I think my favorite part, though, is the way it's, like, set up, like, the society pages. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it described as TMZ in the Regency. It is TMZ in the Regency. Yeah. And so, like, each of the cha- – it took me a couple chapters to figure out the chapter titles are sort of, like, headlines that you would see in the society pages, which just cracks me up. And um, – so it was fun. It was a fun one. And it's the first of a series. It was the first so of a series. On the yes. floor, which is the nice. scandal the scandal and scoundrel series. Book one just came out. <laughs> good her, stuff. Her rule of scoundrels series is also amazingly punny. Um a rogue by any other name is the first one. One girl one good earl deserves a lover. <laughs> it just <laughs> it just keeps going from there. It's amazing. I love her stuff. And actually we were gonna do a segment on Honey, you are. romance titles. So is that your favorite, Sarah McLean? I think The Rogue Not Taken. I think just coming from, like, like how do you not love that one? <laughs> I don't know if it's just, like, from having studied poetry. I'm just like, this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have to be my favorite. I think um, the one that's going to come after it, which is now for 
months and months. Yes, a Scott in the dark. I know. I think that's a Scott in the dark. Favorite. It's. I think that's skillful. <laughs> that's, you know what? I think that's what it is. It's a skill to be able to do that. <laughs> to like find familiar enough idioms that like people are going to recognize what you're doing when you like change out a word or two. Mm-hmm. And the words are always rake. Duke, right? Earl, Earl, <laughs> scandal, <laughs> scoundrel. Yep. Like it's because it's usually in the historicals. So it's you know, it's, it's call it like it is. Yes. Although I mean, I'm sure there are some contemporaries that do that, but not in my not experience, it's a lot of the historicals. All yeah. the ones, all my favorites that I found were all historicals. Like um, "Say Yes to the Marquess" by Tessa Dare. Good one. And uh, "Love in the Time of Scandal" <laughs> by Caroline Linden. Uh, <laughs> or or "Cold Hearted Rake" by Lisa Kleypas. That's a good one. Everybody loves a good Paula Abdul reference in their historical romance Indeed. reading. One of my favorites I found was "No Groom" at the end. I was quite pleased with that one. Great. Oh my gosh, that. And I was like, that's the only one that's used groom, too, so that's pretty good. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Can we geek out about Jane Austen for a bit? Of course we can. So I am a self professed Jane Austen addict. I reread her books all the time. And so I was very excited when I heard about Eligible, which is part of the Austin project that has been going on for two year and a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already done Sense and Sensibility, Northanger Abbey, and Emma, and this was their Pride and Prejudice reboot in contemporary times. And I got an advanced theater copy, and Yay. I was so pleased. It's really good. This one will be out in April, so something to keep an eye out for. Um, they... The author is Curtis Sittenfeld, and she's done a couple other things. I think they were pretty popular. Prep was the one that yes, I kept seeing. That name's on, yeah. Yeah, I think I want to read that, because I really like her style. I think I might have read Prep. Yeah. Um, and it was cool, because she did a really good job of transferring the idiosyncrasies of all of the characters into the present day, such that Mrs. Bennett is, of course, worried about her daughters getting married, and to add to her neuroses, she's addicted to buying things she doesn't need from catalogs, which is just a nice touch. Nice. Mr. Bennett doesn't care <laughs> as always jane is a yoga instructor nice and and oh another cool part they took all the character previously you know pride and prejudice they're all in the 15 to 21 range they bumped up all the ages oh. so they're all in the 29 to 39 oh okay range, wow nice you know you, you grow up the characters a bit but they're still silly so, like, the youngest two, Ben, oh, and sure. Kitty and Lydia, are CrossFit enthusiasts, <laughs> which just adds to their neuroses. It was, I really, really enjoyed this one. I was very pleased with how well it translated from England to setting it in Cincinnati, making Darcy a neurosurgeon. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, right? Set in Ohio, and it was very nice. Yeah. So, I think people are really going to like this one. That sounds good. All right. Read an Amish version of Pride and Prejudice. The Amish! <laughs> So an Amish version of Pride and Prejudice. Yes. All right. It was, okay. So this one's by Sarah Price, and she's working through all the Austins and rewriting them in the Amish setting. And it worked out beautifully. I love that. I can kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, five daughters seems perfectly normal in an Amish family. I would say that totally. Too. Yeah. So I think it, that one translated really well. Um, and Pride and Prejudice isn't my favorite. I'm working on the, her version of Persuasion right now because that's okay. really my favorite. Okay. And I'm, I'm loving it. It's called Second Chances, and it's very sweet so far. 
So has anyone else read any bonnet rippers? Which is what they call Amish romance novels instead of bodice rippers? I was not familiar with that one, but yes, I have. I actually quite like the Amish romance. They're very quaint, I think is the word we used earlier. Mm -hmm. They're just a good community story and family. Yes, definitely. There's drama, though, when they date outside the Amish community. You know, it's usually the height of the drama. I am from Amish country, originally, Middlefield, Ohio, and... um, and uh, they call us Yankees <laughs> in Middlefield. <laughs> but I think it might be a different term depending on which community. Which community. Visit. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're good. I like them. It's just a nice little story. Yes. Yeah. Nothing super, like, Bonnet Ripper. I've not heard Bonnet Ripper before. Yeah. Well, my, it, you know, you hear a lot of, you hear a lot of interesting versions of, um, you know, Nick Faith's romance novels. For example, my mother calls romance novels, especially like the steamier romance novels. Yes. She calls them pant and puffs. <laughs> I know, it's hilarious. I have never oh. heard that before. It might just be her. <laughs> and maybe her sisters. It might just be her. Yeah, yeah. that, I'm not familiar with that one either. <laughs> but she, you know, like, it's, it, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's adorable. And like, my mom has, my mom has, um, Three sisters, and they all they all like they're on they're on their own little book club together, and so sometimes I tag along and sure. just read what they're reading right. go over to her house and be like, "What can I borrow?" It's raised on a lot of fantasy and science fiction well, that way. That's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. So, um, moving away maybe from the romance for a little bit. What about Valentine's Day? You know. Ladies celebrating ladies. Ladies celebrating ladies. <laughs> With frittata. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, not everyone celebrates Valentine's Day in their more, like, relationship romantic sense. Well, I have a couple of recommendations. Um, first, I'd like to recommend the graphic novel series Lumberjanes. Yes. Which is like Lumberjacks, only ladies. Um, it's by uh, Noelle Stevenson and Grace Ellis. And it's about um, campers at a camp, not for girls, but for hardcore lady types. Yes. And uh, they go on all these adventures, and there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, like, goofiness and fun. And, like, the I guess you could call, like, the theme of the, of the comic is friendship to the max. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they're hilarious and amazing. Uh, Kristen, one of the staff librarians here, had recommended them to me. And I finally got around to reading them oh, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with these comics. I was just like, oh, these are so amazing. The characters are great, and they're perfect for youngsters. And you can, I can totally still appreciate them now as an adult. Like, they're just, they were just amazing. And then um, another really good Valentine's Day book uh, is uh, one of my personal favorite books of all time, How to Build a Girl by Catelyn Moran. And it's uh, a novel, it's like a coming-of-age novel about this girl, uh, I think it starts in 1990 and then it just uh, keeps going. And it's about a girl in the 90s who, when she, right around the time that she graduates high school, she gets a job as a music journalist and kind of, I don't know, she just kind of, like, learns how to be a grown-up and she calls herself a self-proclaimed lady sex adventurer (laughs) and she goes on all these, like, wild... She has all these wild times and she parties and she has fun and she, she just, it's, I don't know, and it's body and it's, you know, a little bit scandalous and, and, um, and she just kind of learns so much about herself and you just, 
I don't know. I just there's just something about this book that I just loved, and I want every woman I know to read it. You right. know, like yeah. I just, I just, it just really connected with me, and it was super funny, super funny. And then my final book is a book that's coming in March, and I haven't finished it yet. I I started this one, and it's it's just an honorable mention because I think it might be a little romancy, so it's not a true. It's not just Valentine's Day, but it's called A Study in Charlotte instead of A Study in Scarlet. So <laughs> keeping with the punny theme. Sure. And it's about, it's a Sherlock Holmes derivative. Only this time, the girl is Sherlock. And, oh, and nice. the guy is Watson. Oh, I love it. So I was very pleased to be like, finally, the girl is Sherlock. And her name is Charlotte Holmes. Oh. And... That's awesome. <laughs> Writing that down as we speak. Yes, it's and it's so far pretty interesting. And uh, they are, you know, in the story, they're like descendants of Holmes and Watson, and it's okay. kind of they have like this long family history. Like the Holmeses raise their kids to be like Sherlock Holmes. Like they huh. teach them like detective skills, right. detecting skills, the art of detection, things like that. Oh, it's amazing. really, it's so far, it's really interesting, and I'm I'll be very interested to see how this story progresses. So those are my those are my Galentines. Your Galentines. I like those choices. I like those choices. Um, for Galentine's Day, I had um, uh, "Kiss My Tiara: How to Rule the World as a Smart Math Goddess" by Susan Jane Gilman. I read this book when I, I think I was in like high school, maybe college, and it's just very much like women are awesome, and you should be happy to be a woman, and um, there's chapters about like being single and how you don't have to kind of always need a guy you know what I mean like hold out <laughs> and telling the story about like sometimes you have to kiss a lot of frogs to get to the prince kind of thing and that's okay and I don't know it was just when I was at that age it was just very empowering to me um to read about being like a strong I think it was sort of my introduction in some ways to like the idea of feminism and and wanting to to be like that. Um, speaking of, the other one would be Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. I love that so book. So good. It's so good. I love the stories about Scrabble. The Scrabble. Love them. The whole Scrabble like, chapter just just kills me. It just kills me. But like I'm I'm reading though like the section I'm in now is she's talking about like you know violence against women and sexual assault and so she covers like a lot of topics um, you know spectrum wise on on what she talks about but I think it's all something that we all women can kind of appreciate and and learn from so it's it's good I highly recommend it it's good stuff it's good stuff yeah. What about you, Rachel? Any Valentine's Day? In that vein, I gotta recommend uh, How to Be a Woman by Kat Lemurian, which is yes. the same author that Liz just mentioned, because I'm listening to that one right now, and it's so awesome. I had seen on the cover, they're like, it's like bossy pants, but British. I'm like, this stands on its own. I don't even think you need to compare. You don't Just, need to compare yeah, it. it's that amazing. I, and the audiobook is read by the author, so of course that's... Is it really? Oh, yes. Like, I read, read, like, I read oh, the physical you book. To, you need to <laughs> listen to this one, because first of all, her accent is delightful, and second of all, her uh, the feeling she puts behind it, because it's her life. Yes. You know, the way her delivery just imparts so much. So I'm really, really enjoying that. And another one, which I'm pretty sure Liz will agree is nice. Dealing with Dragons. We're going to go old school. <gasps> oh, <my God. laughs> By Patricia, Patricia C. Reed. Wow. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I read the 
this one when I was hmm, preteen, somewhere around that age. And this one is a fairy tale, but not quite. It has to deal with a princess who is really not keen on being a princess. She wants like to get it. cooking lessons, and she wants to learn magic and, and take sword fighting lessons. And her parents are like, no, I'm sorry, that's simply not done. And so she runs away, like you do. Because she didn't want to get married to a born prince. Totally. And so she goes to live with dragons, which is also simply not. <laughs> There's a lot about stuff that you're not supposed to do and how she's like, I really don't care. That's okay. So it's very, um, it's very empowering. Yeah. You know, the opposite of the typical princess uh, image. Yeah. And I, I was going to, I actually was just about to recommend that to my friend uh, who has a daughter who's kind of princess crazy right now. And that's totally cool. You know? Yeah. I think I went through that phase. Oh, I think, yeah. I and sure. uh, I just think it's a great book to be, you know, just to be like, this princess is awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I mean, you know, I think there's lots of books out there aimed more towards little girls that are very empowering. Still princess, but a different interpretation. Like, you don't have to be the yeah. big ball gown. I mean, you can. That's okay. <laughs> right. That's but okay. Another option. But there are other options. Yeah. Like there are other interpretations of the princess. <laughs> if you like the dealing with dragon books, um, I actually have a second series that I would recommend. It's uh, by an author named Alethea Contis, and she writes these woodcutter sisters books, and they're all um, they're kind of like a mashup of, of various fairy tales. Oh, I think I've heard of those. And uh, the first book's called Enchanted. Yes. And yeah. uh, and it and. They're sweet and lovely, and there's a lot of, um, I think the second book's called Hero, now that it occurs to me. There's a lot of gender-bending kind of things. Like, in the book, in the second book, the um, the princess who is trapped in the mountain is actually a prince who's trapped in the mountain, um. and he has to, like, trick the witch into thinking he's a girl, so he has to wear a dress all the time, and then, like, this girl who, the sword-wielding girl is the one to save him, and it's, it's really, I don't know, it's just really interesting, like, she plays with a lot of character stereotypes, and I don't, I just really love, I just really love those books, but in some ways, you kind of have to know your fairy tales to truly sure. appreciate them, but I don't, sure. I think that there would be plenty of people who don't necessarily have to know all the fairy tales to appreciate yeah. them. They were, yeah. I just thought they were adorable, very mm -hmm. similar. Yeah, this reminds me, one of the series I love is by um, Lauren Willig, and it's The Secret History of the Pink Carnation, and there are nine or ten books in the series, and they are set in, like, um, French Revolution, British Regency, like that, you know, early 1800s, and it's um, romance, but it's a secret spy network of female spies during nice. that time period. I know, like, it's so fun, and it's sort of taken from the Scarlet Pimpernel, but they're, they're females, and uh, how they kind of are trying to thwart Napoleon and, <laughs> and taking over England, and it, they're, they're fun. They're just fun. Um, so, but I think it's the same idea of sort of breaking the stereotypes of, of females, even historical. So next up, I think, are we going to do Corky alone? Sure. Alright, so tell us, how would you and sort of looking at Quirky Alone and in the theme of what we're doing here. Well, I don't know, since romance novels are kind of light and, you know, uh, you know, they're often described as a romp and they're a fun romp and, and often um, 
if they're if they're difficult to read, it's because they're very emotional and not necessarily because they're grim or dark or um, or there's a lot of you know death, destruction, mayhem kind of things in the. And so I kind of interpreted Quirky Londe as, as books that aren't particularly romantic, but still have that same kind of like humor, lightness, like pleasant to read and, and you know, good character development. Because a lot of romance novels are just about like spending time with those characters and right. watching them fall in love kind of thing. And and, uh, and so I, I sort of picked a few kind of like lighter books. And they aren't 100% light by all means, but they're... Um, they're not well. I'm and I'm naturally not much of a mystery or horror reader in general. So most of the books that I read are, are usually going to be not that. Okay, <laughs> got it. Um, so for my quirky alone day picks, I just picked some, and they do have some romance, but it's definitely not the highlight of the story. Um, the storied life of AJ Fickery is more of a just like a family book, and it's about this uh, man who's recovering from the death of his wife, and he. Um, he goes for a run one day and he comes back to his bookstore and there is a child abandoned in his bookstore. He doesn't know what to do and so he eventually end up, ends up adopting her and it's this whole history of like, you know, his life with her and, you know, people that they meet and other families and how they interact and it's, it's, it, it goes over the span of a very long time, like from the time that he adopts this girl until she's an adult and uh, it's just really lovely and it's very much a book for book nerds, written by book nerds, because there are a thousand and one book allusions. Like they, nice. she refers to all sorts of crazy novels in and yes. in and out of the books, and it's just it's just delightful. Um, and then uh, my second recommendation is A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki. Okay, and that's um, it's sort of and it's sort of a split story. Actually, it's kind of a more than a split story. It's 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 multiple stories and. Uh, so the main story is about a character named Ruth who lives in uh, Canada and uh, near the near the western shoreline. And uh, basically, it's like a couple of years after the tsunami in Japan. Okay. And some of the debris starts washing up on the Canadian shore, and she finds this lunchbox that's been well preserved. Like it was like it looked like it had been deliberately set adrift almost. It was like really like it wrapped in plastic and in a bag. And she pulls out this lunchbox and there's a couple of different diaries in there. And so one is in English and then one is in French. And she reads the English diary and it's this teenage girl who had lived who had lived very recently and then she'd gotten someone else to to uh, translate the French diary. And um, it's about this uh, girl who actually is Japanese, and she was raised mostly in America until she was a teenager. And her father was a programmer in, like, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And he moved his family back to Japan, and it was a very, very hard adjustment for her. And um, she was bullied a lot, and she ended up um, kind of, you know, you, you know, you just read about her life. And, and she uh, has this grandmother who lives in kind of a rural Japan. They were in the city. I believe it was Tokyo, but I cannot confirm that. It's been a while since I've read it. And so you also get the story of the grandmother, and she finds out about her uncle who was a kamikaze pilot. And um, his journal is the one that was in French because oh, okay. he uh, was studying French before he... Uh, basically was drafted into into the military mm -hmm. and um, and it's this like interweaving of all of these stories of all these different people and you learn um, you just learn a lot about this family and it's really beautiful and there's also a lot of philosophy tied into it about time 
and um, and it was just like it was just very powerful and very moving, and I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't a hundred percent happy, lighthearted right. romp, but I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed it. And you kind of and Ruth is discovering all these things, and you're just kind of discovering them with her, right? And um, they're just I don't know. I just it was a very powerful book, and I really really enjoyed it. And then uh, my third recommendation actually is a murder mystery book. All right, one of the one of the few <laughs> I've read, and it's um it's about this um orchestra camp like the these like statewide orchestra like you know different students from each yes. state go okay. and they perform in this orchestra and they and uh and there's like a famous conductor and um and then there's like a theater group and an orchestra group and all these different things and it's these two siblings. And they uh, they're fr- and they all go to upstate New York to this hotel called the Bellwether, and the oh the, sorry the book is called the Bellwether Rhapsody by um, Kate uh, Raculia, and uh, and you know there's all these kids trapped in this hotel, and of course there's a snowstorm, they get snowed in, and somebody mysteriously dies. Of course, <laughs> and um, so it's all it's a little bit madcap, like it's all this like oh kind of like uh, you know comedy kind of thing. And uh, the characters are just delightful, and you find out, and you find out what happens, and you get really invested in all these different characters. And it's told from a couple of different, from a couple of different storylines, um, and it all comes together in a way that's very, that's very clever and interesting. And I just, I really enjoyed that. And I, uh, and the bassu- the oboist, no, bassoonist, sorry. There's a bassoonist named Rabbit who's a nice. like a junior in high school. His nickname is Rabbit, and he is just, he's just lovely. He's just like <laughs> a lovely character. You know, you just you're just one of he's just one of those characters that you don't you don't want to let go at the end of the story. Yeah. You're like, I want more time with him because I just really enjoyed him. <laughs> that's always fun. Yeah, that's fun. So I picked for this one. It's it's the Thursday Next series by Jasper Ford. <gasps> I love them. See, they're so fun. So the first one is the Air Affair, um, as in E Y R E for Jane Eyre, and I like it because it. In the, it's the sort of alternate reality, I suppose we would call it, um, and the title character uh, or the Thursday next is a literary detective for a government organization where such things as literary detectives exist, <laughs> <laughs> and she lives in a world where Jane Eyre ends very differently in that Jane and Rochester do not get together at the end of Jane Eyre. This is the world she lives in, and then one day someone manages to literally get into the book Jane Eyre and steal Jane Eyre from Jane Eyre. (laughs) (laughs) And Thursday has to figure out what happened to Jane Eyre and get her back into the book. Um, It's just, so you have like this classic, I suppose you could maybe call Jane Eyre romance, sort of. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but again, you have this, like, very, like, Jane as a character is a very strong, independent female character, and not sort of a traditional, you know, romance in that way, and then Thursday as a character is very similar, like, she's single, um, has no, you know, real, she's fine with that, and she's good, and um, carries the story, and she's just a fun character, and, and if you continue with the series... They he, Jasper plays with like so many books in so many ways. It is incredible. <laughs> like in one of them, there's a scene where Hamlet is trying to order coffee at a Starbucks. <laughs> I and in another, they <laughs> she attends a group therapy session with the characters from Wuthering Heights. I mean, like 
So he just he has he has fun with these with these very classic characters that um, a lot of readers are probably going to be familiar with, and I don't know. It's it's just it's fun. I think it's fun, but I think the characters are very well developed, and I just I like his play with the kind of classic stories that. I want to visit the world that Thursday Next lives in because it's so like literature. There's they don't care about television. They don't care about movies. They only care about literature. Yes, and there's like this one tiny aside where her and this guy go on a date and they see King Lear. They do. Yeah, and they pull people out of the audience to play it because everybody knows King. Everybody knows King Lear. Everybody knows King Lear. And the best part is that they talk back to the play like people talk back to the theater in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. So there's like people shouting, When is the winter of I discontent? <laughs> and then like King Lear is like, or like the narrator, yeah. I don't remember which character it is, is like, now now, now is the winter of our discontent. <laughs> and I'm just like, I want to go to that showing of King Lear. I know. It's oh my gosh, it's incredible. Like it is. Like if you've ever been to Rocky Horror or know anything about Rocky Horror, <laughs> it's like that, but it's Shakespeare. And <laughs> It's just, oh my gosh, it's just so fun. It's so fun. And I like, I want to be Thursday next. Oh, it wasn't King Lear. It was one of the Richards. No, was it? Richard III. Richard III. Thank you. Look at you. See? I might have seen it. This is why why we should do some more research before we start. it's so hard. (laughs) All that silly silly Shakespeare. So, anyone looking forward? Are there any... Books coming out that besides Scott. Well, besides besides Dark. Yeah, I will say that I am looking forward to From This Moment by Elizabeth Camden. It comes out this June, and this is an author I've read three of her books thus far. Um, I like her writing. She she writes some pretty good female characters who are self starters. Like there's one where it's a map librarian at the Library of Congress, and she's trying to solve this naval mystery where her father had disappeared and, you know, hasn't been found, etc., etc. There's another one where a woman is a government statistician. So it's it's basically women who actually have jobs, which is kind of refreshing for stuff that's set in the 1800s. Yes. Interesting. So she's got this one coming out, which I'm looking forward to. All right. Liz? Uh, well, I am looking forward to this book that I actually have only read the blurb for, but uh, it just sounds really good. It's called Monsters, a Love Story okay. by Liz Kay, and um, it's it's about a woman who is a poet who is a widow, and um, and this rock, this A-list movie star falls in love with her novel in verse, which is a feminist reimagining of Frankenstein. And he, they decide to make a movie about it. So she's thrown into this man's world and they sort of, you know, they make a movie. And then like the line is like, they make a movie, they make each other crazy and they make love, but only in secret. And uh, it just sounds really interesting. Um, you know, so, and it's coming out on uh, in June of this year. And then I, um, I received an arc and I've, read a lot of uh, The Hating Game, which is a debut novel by Sally Thorne that's not coming out until August of this year. And it's it's a pretty interesting, it's like a cat, cats and, fighting like cats and dogs kind of relationship mm-hmm. theme book where they, uh, it's about two people who work in the same publishing house and they kind of hate each other and then they sort of um, 
you know, they kind of fall in love. But it also sort of shows the dark side of that storyline because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like, oh, I hate you. Oh, I love you. Everything's fine. And this this yeah. main character um, in this book is very, like, she's very much, you feel her stress. Like, you really have a lot of empathy for her. And she's, she is, like, having a rough time, yeah. you know? Because it's, it's not just this guy. I mean, she's feeling lonely and alienated. Like, her her... Her closest friend was um, was downsized out of the company, and now won't speak to her because her because she she thought that this girl could have either saved her job or at least give her warning mm-hmm. that it was happening, and she couldn't have. But the friend still blames her, so she right. doesn't she doesn't have any friends, and she's a workaholic, so she just works and she works in this hostile environment across, you know, across the way from this guy, and um, and it just it really well illustrates how much like emotion is tied into sure falling in love and also you know how there is sometimes a thin line and and it kind of makes me think of that whole i don't know i bring to go like in rainbow rowell's book uh the character baz is uh, he's in love with simon but he really he hates he kind of hates him too yes. he's like i hate yes. that i'm in love with you and i like i'm i'm so angry at both myself and you and yet i still have these feelings for you and and i don't know it just it's just one of those where you you really feel a lot of like you feel a lot for the character mm-hmm. it gives you the feelings and getting the yes. feelings from a romance novel is like that's one of the goals you know yes. well thank you ladies thanks for coming back liz thanks how was so your first good. time rachel there's so many books. There are. Welcome. <laughs> I have the benefit of getting to talk all the time on this podcast. <laughs> I always have, I don't have to really pick and choose. So I'm like, oh, I can just do this one in another episode. But yeah, I feel for you. Welcome. Yeah, there's so many romance There are books. so many romance I know, books. and it's, everyone has their niche. Like, you find what you like, and you read that. So it's hard to give recommendations, because what I read isn't necessarily what my best friend reads. Or right. Or you know what yeah. what you read or what Rachel reads yeah. we're pretty similar although <laughs> Rachel and I are pretty similar <laughs> well that's okay we but... oh we forgot to talk about Sherry oh Thomas okay <laughs> we, we have to have girl for a second here one little okay. fangirl moment go right ahead so I introduced Rachel to my most favorite historical romance novelist of all time Sherry Thomas and she's just she's just amazing her books are fantastic and and she's not even a native English speaker. Like she, she was born in China and moved here when she was a teenager. And her her books are amazing. I just like can't even imagine like learning a second language that well. But yeah. it's it's you know people do it all the time. Like you Indeed. know people are amazing. Human beings are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, Sherry Thomas is one of those amazing human beings. And she's written a you know really great historical fiction series. She's written a nonfiction or a young adult fiction trilogy that's very much like a Harry Potter reader like. Okay. That's also adorable. And then she actually has announced on her blog that she is no longer writing romance novels at least for a while and is now doing mystery novels, oh, which of course no. I won't read. <laughs> but I'm a little I'm a little sad. But she's so good. If, if you want to start with her, um, The Luckiest Lady in London is the one that Liz recommended I start with. And it's the beginning of a trilogy, and it's brilliant. Yeah, I like I like. And she throws in science. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. And all of the guys are, like, hot scholars. <laughs> yes. You can definitely appreciate that. Yes. So if you're a lady who appreciates, like, hot gentleman scholars. <laughs> and what lady does up on you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to alienate any. It's all right. It's all good. 
It's all good. Sounds like a, that's a good way to go. Got that final recommendation in there for there our listeners go. for our, our fun. And you can find these on Overdrive and, and all that fun stuff. So some reading done this February. And thanks for listening. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com. And our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.